Welcome back to the Marvel Movie Minute, a daily podcast in which we explore the films of the Marvel Cinematic Universe one minute at a time. In this, our fifth season, we are looking at Joe Johnston's 2011 film, Captain America, The First Avenger. I'm Andy Nelson from the Next Real Film Podcast. And I'm Pete Wright. And you know what's awesome? That every Marvel movie needs right in the middle? A John Hughes ending. (laughs) Today, we're talking about Minute 72, which begins with Steve leading the troops toward Colonel Phillips and ends with the men of the 107th celebrating their rescuer. Back on the show, it's Jonathan and Tabitha Carlisle. Hello. Hello again. So Steve brings the troops in. Is this the perfect example of Steve being perhaps the best example of the better to ask for forgiveness than beg for permission line of thinking? Is this the what Steve does best? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> he, it, that is something that that does carry through with his character, and especially in this case. Like, what else is he going to do? Especially in his mind, what else is he going to do? He's not allowed to do what he's supposed to do, what he should do. How do you ask for permission when you've already been denied? But he's military. Like, this is what's funny about him as a character. But is he, though? He's fake military. Mm-hmm. That's the whole we thing. Did, we did learn that they did give him the captain rank. Like, he officially is a captain. Did, but it's like Bill Cosby's honorary doctorate, right? Wow. He's not bringing <laughs> a doctorate. Bringing Bill Cosby as the example, Pete? Yeah, that was the wrong example. <laughs> Somebody was talking about it earlier. I regret that. I take, I regret that. But the honorary doctorate part stands. He's an honorary Captain America. I, he just is a big guy who was on a parade float and carries a motorcycle over his head. He's not really a captain. He doesn't even have an actual uniform. Like, I mean, like a like an army-issued uniform. So, yeah, he. I would say he's not <laughs> officially All official. Right. All right. All Until right. Until now, because Until, Colonel yeah. Phillips finally yes. realizes that he was wrong. Now he's an emotional captain. Well, see, but okay. But it's Colonel Phillips who calls him out as a captain. So you're saying even Colonel Phillips, when he says, when he's writing the letter, or is he only doing it because he's writing a condolence letter to the senator? Not, well, yes. I don't know if it's a condolence letter, but a letter to the senator saying, Captain Stephen, uh, whatever h rogers whatever his middle initial was now i'm totally forgetting was killed in action uh, so so is he putting quotes around it as he says <laughs> he is it? putting quotes around it i think that's what it i is, think Andy. colonel phillips is it. the sort who puts quotes around things you don't think that every word he says up to this point isn't sarcastic like i think everything he says is sarcastic until now until now because he has proven that captain america is a is a valuable asset Maybe it's just one of those things where, like, technically he's a private or something, but because of the the show, the spectacle, yeah, they, it's like an honorary yeah. captain, yeah, thing, and but nobody, like, but nobody serious really takes it serious until he's like, okay, fine, I guess. Yeah. Well, like yeah, it's, like, it's real, but it's not real. Yeah. With all the rights and responsibilities conferred upon you therein, didn't we? Yeah, I think <laughs> we talked about it being perhaps a pay grade. Uh, title right pete isn't that what we when when we were talking about that minute that he there's a military thing like if you're getting paid a certain amount then you you need to be offered the rank that matches the pay grade or something and so perhaps he was getting paid well enough through the uso tour channels that it required them to actually make him a captain i think that's kind of where we landed with that this is a weird thing that you would bring up and i hate using this term but it could very well be the ultimate military peter principle that he's just failed up to captainhood 
right? Because they were paying him. He has no experience being a captain, but because he's in that pay grade, he gets captain pay. Exactly. And so they call him captain. Is that what you're saying? That's really? exactly what I'm saying. Well, that's, that's what we said back in that minute, as I recall. Yeah. I regret. So. I regret that minute already. <laughs> I don't even remember it, but I regret it. There's a lot of regrets going on. So many regrets, regrets uh, including Colonel Phillips, um, who, well, I don't know if it's regret, but he's starting to acknowledge that maybe Steve is doing something like this. This is a person that he said, you can't do this. You have to go put your tights on and perform. And then, of course, Steve runs off and rescues all these troops and comes back with them all here. And then he's got this little line as, as Colonel Phillips, you've got the moment between him and Steve where Steve says, you know, I'm turning myself in. And Colonel Phillips says that won't be necessary. As he walks away, he turns to Peggy and he says, Faith, huh? And has that little line there. Are we buying into this? Is this is, are we seeing signs of this growth? Is that uh, like is that playing OK for all of you in movie language? I get it. But if I think about what he's saying, like, I don't understand I don't understand what his question is as far as the minutia of things like faith, huh? Like what, what, what is the other, like if it's not faith, then what is the questioning? Well, because just a her few relationship minutes, with him? Well, a few minutes ago they had talked about her having faith. And so that, yeah, that he'll be okay. Yeah. But just the way, I guess the way he's like faith, huh? Like, like there's something else. Oh, well, I think it's just his way of acknowledging. Like whatever, Grandpa. Like, you know, like, <laughs> oh, well, you're right. Yeah, whatever, Grandpa. Yeah, he doesn't could, know. I it. mean, the other thing, the something else could very well just be faith, huh? Like you have faith, but look at you. He just demonstrated he is actually uh, worthy of captainhood. I'm sure they don't say captainhood in the military, but but he's, he's earned his captainry. He's earned his captain badge. And, uh, and, and maybe that's it. But what I love about Tommy Lee Jones here is that there is no sense. I don't get any sense anywhere in the movie that he has any shame for past opinions held strongly. Right. That he just right. this this moment, he's like, ugh, screw it. OK, you you win. I'm moving on. We'll find a, a way to use you uh, later. To the best of your abilities and faith, huh? I'm going back to work. I'll see you in the tent. Like he doesn't he it doesn't feel like he's learned any sort of deep emotional lesson. He's not grown as a person. He's just been proven that his old opinion was incorrect. And now he's going to move on to a new one. And I, I really like that about about his portrayal here. Plus, if we could be fair to him or take his side, I guess, like now this like he's all about strategy and everything. And this completely changes the strategy because now he's got. 400 people that well i mean some of them will be useful some of them they have to take care of but that i mean you know but they're back in their hands i, I just threw those little guys in the trash now i gotta dig them back out and put them back on the table yeah yeah, yeah. it's <laughs> that's where he's going to <laughs> dig so, through the trash yeah it, it, it's if he has all these <laughs> little, these little green tigers you know? his little troops. <laughs> well, i guess these ones are in the trash can for, for now <laughs> That's, that's actually that's what they have place. Timmy doing, right? He was collecting tin, and now he's digging through the trash for model soldiers. <laughs> Maybe so. he's running off to ca catch the mailman before he sends out the canoe. No, before the letter goes out. That's really, yeah. that's it. <laughs> that's really good. It, I mean, it's an interesting way that, you know, I guess it's we're seeing like the cracks in his opinions. And now he's just like, OK, maybe. Well, I, I don't know. I, I 
always am going back and forth. Like, is this where he starts getting his own faith in Captain America and that this is a person who can actually help us? I mean, obviously, he is going to from this point forward and, and, and you know, building mm-hmm. a team and everything with Colonel Phillips. Uh, so I guess there's that sense. But I don't know, maybe part of my struggle with this is that when I hear a line like faith used in a movie like this, my brain always goes to contact. And that is one of the films where it has the most awkwardly used expositional like thump in a scene when, uh, you know, Jodie Foster's character is testifying and you have that, I don't know, a senator or somebody who's just like, how do you expect us to believe that you did all of this stuff on faith? And it's so like over the top uh, emphasized the way that they play that, that I like every time somebody like, you know, in this film, it's just, I mean, it's fairly simple. And it's Tommy Lee Jones who doesn't need to nail it quite as strongly as it was done in that film. But still, when I hear it, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, this is this is the script moment where we're making sure that we're understanding his characters changing here. So I I don't know. I always find that there's a little bit of a struggle I have with that. Ridiculously, you planted contact in my head now, and now I'm not going to be able to unhear that. (laughs) I love that movie. I don't hear Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah, that moment is ridiculous. But I I don't actually hear so much of that in in Tommy Lee Jones. I think more than anything, he's he's just setting up a transition so that Haley Atwell can walk up to Chris Evans and look at his face and then look at his mouth and communicate uh, to us via subtext. I want to kiss that mouth right now. I'm not. (laughs) gonna but i wanna (laughs) all right well maybe that maybe that was what colonel phillips uh saw when he was so close he 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 saw that like oh there's there's other reasons to believe in this guy you know (laughs) well and i've i've had a a long uh fight with this movie about Haley atwell's relationship i still think she might be holding a candle for i really like him for science and this is the (laughs) the the walls are breaking here but maybe not have, have have not fallen Okay, so we're talking about Peggy and Steve. This is the very kind of flirty potential moment that we have between the two of them. How does it play for the two of you? Well, initially, you know, it's like, oh, they're like, look at them all sweet and in love. And she like, she's, you know, loves him. But it's probably pretty um, not appropriate for a superior and a subordinate as she's just like standing there in the middle of the crowd and everybody can see them. It kind of breaks down some... Uh, chain of command stuff but when I at the end of the day I'm just like oh look at them in love <laughs> that's where I'm at <laughs> so you buy into the Peggy Steve relationship I do okay I All do right. yeah right, we've, we've had we've gone through the gamut with guests some of them buy into it some of them don't uh, we're kind of all over the map as far as how it plays. Andy's being incredibly generous to my perspective by saying some of them buy into it, some of them don't. Really, I'm the one no. who doesn't at this point. I, I love it. And then, you know, so I'm not one of the ones that like, I try not to think too deeply, you know, when people are upset, like all the way at the end of Endgame and like, oh, they wrecked the end of Peggy's like whatever and her whole timeline. I'm just like, no, they're together. It's so great. <laughs> I don't want to think about that other stuff. So. No, I like them. I think the only thing that trips me up is he seems so suave with his silly comeback. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I, I kind of forget that time has passed in this movie. And whether he spent any one-on-one time with them, like, you know, he was traveling with the whole troop of ladies. So maybe he's gotten a little bit more comfortable, like, interacting with with females. Oh, that's very true. You'd think. Just wait until next week. <laughs> 
That's I know, true. I know, you two won't be here, but oh yeah, I'm going to have some right. questions. But I guess maybe, yeah, I don't like maybe that. he's gotten more comfortable with the deflecting humor comfortableness yeah. Yeah. and not the like, oh, this is like real now. I know, but I also like when it comes down to that with him and his, um, I couldn't call my ride bit. Yeah, like I don't think he would have unless he was just realizing that that was broken, which obviously he wasn't because he couldn't call his ride. Like he wouldn't have just hung on to that thing. That transmitter. Well, maybe like he would have tossed it. Maybe he doesn't litter. Maybe he's very good. Hey, hey, don't don't drop that. Pick that up. Carry it back to the trash can. Used for the war effort. That's true. <laughs> but, he kind of tossed mean, it in the tank, though. Or and something. really, though, like though in those times, like you know, their people are wearing short socks instead of nylons because they're saving every That's little bit. That's true. Of You're right. There's got to be something in there that can be saved. That's he's doing his part. You're right. Doing his part. The okay, um, so Peggy and Steve, this is this cute moment. It, it does like their banter actually reminds me of Steve and Bucky because of just you know, Steve and Bucky. We've seen plenty of kind of that that fun banter between the two of them as they kind of throw lines back and forth, and and Steve and Peggy certainly have that. And then we have this moment with Bucky, and I, I'm really curious about everybody's read on Bucky here. Uh, how how does the scene with Bucky, where he kind of like strikes up, you know, this this cheer for for Captain America here? How does how does it work for all of you and and your sense of Bucky in this moment? Because I certainly have some thoughts. Well, I I already started last minute. I I think I think what it is for me is his body is not matching his demeanor. Uh, cause he's walking side by side with Captain America. Like if he looked like he was weaker and like, he seems like his face and everything looks like he's having the hardest time with all of this, but he's walking around and moving around. Like he's got no problem, but he keeps reacting to Captain America. Like just like, Oh, I can't, I can't even, you know, even <laughs> though he's causing the cheer, like immediately after he stops talking, he's like, Oh, I forgot. I'm so weak and so disinterested. So are you saying like, problem with the cheer itself or if he would have said let's hear it for steve rogers would it be different than let's hear it for captain america i guess that would cause confusion because it really seems like like hodge not realizing who he was yeah until just now like i don't know if they really cover in the movie i guess you guys could tell me whether they really are they trying to cover that steve rogers is captain america like aren't they trying to say to everybody we're creating or are they saying that we have these super soldiers you know, it's in the in the USO show, it's never clear if I mean, it, it seems that they're just marketing him as Captain America. Like it's never we never see anything saying that Steve Rogers as Captain America. Like we never see anything like that. So it just seems like they're really pushing him as this person who stopped a Nazi in New York. And now he's here and he's Captain America. And that seems to be just kind of the identity that they're going with. And in the films and everything, it seems like. It's just like in Captain America as himself, like I wouldn't be surprised if that's how they're putting him in the credits, you know, um, but they're also never clearly, at least from what we see, showing the public that he happens to be a super soldier. All of the stuff on stage, like when he's holding a motorcycle up, it could just be read as as stage theatrics. It doesn't I mean, we don't know. Is he, you know, after shows, is he doing demonstrations of his strength? We just don't know. It's not ever given to us so it i don't know they end up playing it in a way where we just don't know exactly what the public really think and as far as the military like to that end when he comes to this camp like they seem to think he's nothing more than just a performer it's really like this moment 
Uh, and even, I mean, for the troops who are cheering, like they still have no idea that, you know, he has any crazy strength. Really, I mean, I don't know if anybody knows other than the fact that he broke them out that he has any strength. Because when we saw him, when Schmidt noticed him, he was by himself. So it's interesting, like how, like who really knows at this point of this group here what he can do other than Bucky, who obviously saw him, you know, bending bars and jumping incredible distances. Uh, so I don't know. It's it's a very strange perspective as far as like what people are meant to be thinking about this person. But I feel like they all think of him just as Captain America. Like, um, I don't know, other than like Colonel Phillips, does anybody know that it's Steve Rogers and Gilmore Hodge? No, I suppose. I don't know. Maybe as our, our, our earlier discussion, maybe that's how he got the rank of captain, because maybe Captain America was his stage name. But because that was like his only name is like a miracle on 34th Street thing where like, well, the federal government is calling me Captain America. And Colonel's like, uh, why? That's what I like. I'd like to think oh, to say, no, 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 boy. that's just your first name. <laughs> you're Mr. <laughs> America, Mr. Captain America. Yeah. You're not Captain Captain America. You're just Mr. Captain America. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, it's a, it's an interesting situation that they've created here with him as this super soldier, as this military figure. But he's never really, I mean, he, you know, as we see, and this is something certainly uh, people talk about a lot when they're comparing Marvel and DC, the Marvel characters generally are the human version of themselves first. We're always talking about Tony and Steve and Natasha. Like, we're going by their names. Not They're not walking around calling each other Iron Man. Hey, Captain America. Hey, what's up, Black Widow? Like, they're, they are their... <laughs> They're, you know, human selves first. And so he's going by Steve. He doesn't seem to be hiding it. But that said, like, nobody seems to identify the two. I don't know. It's it's strange. I see what you're saying. I hadn't thought about that before as far as everybody not knowing that he was strong and, you know, he could have just been, I don't know how they would have thought that he saved. Well, a lot of them might not even have known that he saved them. I guess they could have been like, how did he end up with all of them? Because they don't know that he took off yeah. to go save and, those people. And if if he really is just another one, like he took off to save those people. And like, did so let's let's assume none of them saw him and any of his heroics on the catwalk against Red Skull. Right. Because he mm-hmm. was away oh, with Bucky. on the catwalk. Mm hmm. <laughs> exactly. They were doing their little turn. And uh, so we assume. But then why in the sort of microculture of the rescued soldiers, do they let him walk at the tip of the spear? Like there is just this whole weird socialization that now doesn't make any sense if he is not known as a hero. Like I said before, he's super. So he just kept walking too fast. So he's got to <laughs> be at the front because. <laughs> but again, is that because he's super or because he had that dope march in his head and oh, it kept yeah. his pace up? <laughs> I feel like we haven't resolved that. So the, so the whole time they're walking back to camp, he's like, da, 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 da. <laughs> I got to get my steps in. <laughs> it's peculiar. And uh, I don't think that they ever do a great job of answering it. I guess. I don't know. By the time in the later Captain America films, when he goes to the museum, it's never really, even there, it's never really depicted in a way where he's a super soldier. 
right? It's always just depicted as like, I, I, I feel like he's always portrayed as like an inspirational military figure. Like he's this person, he was a military hero and, uh, and all this, do they really talk about the fact that he is the super soldier? Like I, and now, I don't know. Now I'm really rethinking so many things of what I had thought about. Like, what do people know about this character? Like, do they just think of him as like another uncle Sam or do, like, who knows he's super? That's where I was saying before, like the, the difference between, Hey America, we're making these super soldiers. We know how we have the ability versus we just have these soldiers. So I think, I think publicly that would make sense. Yeah. To just be like, no, we just have the, like, these are just Americans. We have Americans that are this good looking and, and strong and capable. Yeah. Like, they're just, just they're just super. They're mm-hmm. not super. <laughs> right. Right. All Americans are super. <laughs> that's their, that's, that's their thinking. But if all Americans are super, then nobody then is. Nobody, then nobody is super. Is super. Nobody is. <laughs> it's true. Going back to Bucky, though, I have to say, I mean, to your point, like he has this really sickly look. And he, I don't know, I feel like he's he plays this the way that he strikes up this cheer for Captain America. Like he seems kind of delusional. And part of me wonders, like, does he remember that Steve and Captain America are the same? Like the way that he's like, let's hear it for Captain America. Like he almost seems like kind of drunk or something. Like he just seems a little out of it. Like he has no clue what he's doing. And then he's kind of like half cheering. I don't know. It really like when I watch this moment with Bucky, I find it really kind of comical. I feel like this is the minute that Andy broke during the, like, I feel like this right here is the minute that this is like the the singularity where Captain America stopped making sense. (laughs) Well, Bucky really could be, you know, who knows what experiments they did on him. Right. So, you know, he could actually kind of be in shock in some ways. And. Oh, maybe that's it. When he's, he starts clapping for Captain America. He's like, oh, my left arm feels weird. <laughs> Why is it tingly? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's really funny. And the way that he says, let's hear for Captain America, like, it's like he's not very smiley. It, it, it seems like there's almost like this weird bitterness. to. I don't, I don't know. I'm reading way too much. Oh, into he Bucky. definitely. Yeah, no, <laughs> like, because he does like the first time in all of our minutes here, he actually does smile. And then almost immediately, his face looks like he regrets it. Like, oh, I should, like, oh, I shouldn't be doing that. Like, I don't know. Well, even though that they were like brothers, Bucky always was the stronger one, and he was always the one to rescue. And so, even if he's like happy for his friend Steve, he still has like this inner stuff he's got to resolve, you know, because he may be having like jealousy and things like that that he's having to like knock down because he's like no i'm proud i'm happy for my friend or you know just stuff and also i'm probably a little jacked up and who knows what zola did to me you know so he's (laughs) just like a whole big whole big mess of emotions and toxins inside who knows that's a good point we have uh, i mean from the perspective of bucky he was always the handsome the taller uh, person, the one who would get the girls. And suddenly, you know, he's he's getting drugged up. He, who knows what's happening to him? And Steve rescues him of all people that he the last person he would have expected to rescue him. And not only is it Steve, but Steve is huge and he's ruggedly handsome. And now he's getting the girl and the girl clearly mm-hmm. has only eyes for Steve here. And so, yeah, that's actually, a, I think, a perhaps what they were trying to do here, where Bucky is, uh, yeah, he's he in his in his post 
op fog that he is here. Like he's, he's recognizing that this is a different Steve and suddenly Steve is the one who's getting all the recognition, not him. And so he's happy for his friend, but at the same time, likely a little bit of jealousy seeping through. And that's certainly something Mm -hmm. that will play, um, you know, later in this, uh, or in the next, in the next few scenes. Mm -hmm. That's yeah, that's a good point. Good point. Also, this isn't that far, but I just thought of it in a, in a way I've never thought about before. But Bucky probably knows that some things have happened to him. He might not know what. Yeah. But they have that quick little conversation when they first see each other. And he's like, oh, is this permanent? He's like, so far, maybe Bucky suddenly realizes like, oh, maybe I'm going to do something. You know, like I'm going to get bigger or weird or something like, uh, is that going to be good? Is it going to be bad? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Like that evaluating like that surgery from mad scientists, like what the hell did they just do to me? Is it going to be something like that? Right. That's an interesting perspective. Right. I wish that we had, I mean, we saw pictures on Zola's desk of, you know, what he had been potentially, I assume working on with Bucky, which was essentially kind of turning him into something that was like the Zola from the comics, which is kind of an interesting angle to take with that. But there's never any, I don't know, from the way that it seemed like he had been there for a little while being experimented on, but once he's rescued, it seems like almost just like they had been doing water torture or something. Like, it doesn't seem like there had been experiments or anything. It just seems like he was just a little delirious. So they could have perhaps done a little more with that to give us a little more with him, but I guess they're trying to build him up for something else, some other types of experiments that we get later down the road. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess, uh, so I just kind of, my mind just started spinning now. So, so Bucky was there when the red mask, the red mask, the red skull was unmasked. Right, right. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe he does have some like, okay, but Steve got bigger, but the, <laughs> yeah. the Hydra guys are the ones that did stuff to me. So am I going to look like that? But I mean, he says to Steve, do you have one of those? And now he's like, do I have one of those? Right. Yeah. He just needs a good nap. And then he'll feel better. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Some food, get some yeah. food in his stomach. Right. He's going to be fine. You get a haircut from Hodge and he'll be all good. Glad, glad he doesn't <laughs> shake with his left hand. <laughs> I still ask in this moment, I mean, everybody's cheering. It's a very happy moment that we have as everybody's cheering for Captain America, except for the Howling Commandos, interestingly. Uh, for some reason, when we cut to that wide shot, <laughs> we pull back, we see one, Bucky has stopped cheering for him and none of the howling commandos are they're all just standing around like what the hell it's it's very peculiar like why why they wouldn't be cheering um any thoughts on that is it like you know is it a sense from them like hey this is a team we all did it together or i don't know what how do all of you read that maybe oh boy i'm not military i was just gonna say something silly about like captain america like you know he's kind of representative of their little group because he talked to them first and so they feel like they're part of the i don't know i don't know you don't want to cheer for yourself so they're in the captain america umbrella so let's let's cheer for captain america and you know the other guys that helped him yeah (laughs) yeah yeah i don't know i hadn't noticed that they weren't all i had noticed bucky but i hadn't noticed that the rest of them weren't all cheering in that moment, so and maybe it's just a movie thing. Maybe there's like too much activity in the center. Like you guys stand still. Yeah, and maybe it would have looked yeah a little strange for. I mean, the Howling Commandos. You know, they were of all of this group the only other people that really were car- uh, characters from the comics, and so perhaps they were trying to do it in a way where 
um, you know, they were perceived as the tough guys that they were in the comics, not, you know, just, you know, people who are just, you know, happily cheering along for somebody to rescue them. And so, yeah, I think that kind of falls in line with what you were saying, Jonathan, about, you know, they're part of the Captain America team that actually had kind of performed this rescue. Mm-hmm. I just have a rhythm question. Like I made a joke in the intro about this being a John Hughes ending. We've we uh, had the luxury of talking about this, uh, this segment on the um, Timeline Scavengers podcast. And one of the things that came out of that conversation that I have not been able to let go is just how much this this segment, this minute feels like the end of some other movie. Like this is the end. I couldn't couldn't call my ride like and the credits roll as the camera cranes <laughs> up like this feels like the end of a John Hughes movie and that everybody's going to be fine and their relationship is together but it doesn't actually in that light it's not too saccharine of an ending it uh, doesn't end on a weird like on a kiss that's just a little bit too awkward like it's it's the end of a movie and I just wonder if is uh, like am I alone in having cemented that like the the rhythm of this movie changes from this point on probably because now he's captain america now it's not just an honorific so that was the end of steve you know becoming captain america now he is captain america yeah yeah because from here on the things that he says has weight he has you know he's in military intelligence meetings and Mm -hmm. it is a, a shift the change and we'll see that like immediately in coming in coming conversations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's definitely something that I think I noticed. And probably one of the reasons that when I first watched this film, it didn't stick with me as well, because it feels very much like, okay, Steve has now become Captain Rogers or <laughs> Steve has now become <laughs> Captain America and is now the hero. What do we need another you know, hour of the film for if we've kind of resolved him as this, uh, as this hero and the film you know, in that sense, like, and, and even to this point, like there is this sense that Colonel Phillips as the change character has now changed. And he, now he says, you know what? I do see him as the hero. And from this point forward, it's like, where is the story going? Like whose arcs are we following now? It's really like from this point forward, it becomes nothing but plot. Like all we have is a journey of plot of now our hero just has to stop Red Skull. And, Ideally, when you're kind of building a script to kind of have those moments, all of that stuff is kind of happening at the same time. So by the time they're stopping the villain, the character has finally gone through their character arc and and whatever. And this film does feel a little bit like it ends in the middle, but we still have to figure out how to stop the bad guy. And that's just going to take another hour. And so uh, I think that is one of the things that for me always left this film feeling a little uh, kind of a little slower and a little um, you know, less exciting than some of the other films in the in the franchise. I wonder how well that holds up, Andy. Just put a pin in that as we move transition into the next minute, because uh, I mean, we are doing a movie by minute podcast on it. <laughs> yeah, well, into the next minute, the next. That could be a little little cheesy, maybe at the moment. But like now, up to this point, now we've seen that Steve is the hero, but now it's almost like the. That's not really the point of the plot or anything. I'm just saying, like, as part of a movie that's held in a familiar period, there can be a thing where you create this this character who saves the day, but this is in familiar real events. And so maybe it's like, now we've identified the hero, but now the rest of the movie is kind of like dealing with other things that basically, and and then it eventually takes Captain America out of the picture to kind of say, like, 
but really all of these people are heroes because like real people had to really win this war for real. And we don't want to take that away by saying, oh, it was just this one fictional guy that that was the superhero. <laughs> that's, yeah, that stopped Hitler. So right. I'm not saying that makes a better movie, but like it's kind of like here's the hero. But then also like but we're not taking away from the the real heroes. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Yeah, I, I, I suppose there are a lot of different ways to look at that. You're right, Pete. This is going to be a point that as we kind of continue exploring this film from this point through to the end, it'll certainly be something to kind of keep in our minds as a topic and, and to think about, you know, what other elements are we seeing with the way that the characters are changing, the stories evolving, etc., that uh, that really do help keep the momentum going. Right, right. The only other question that I wanted to bring up here in this uh, minute is why is nobody like stepping up to look at the Hydra tech? I mean, I, I get it. It's a Captain America like moment, but they rolled in with this tank that shoots blue energy, all these crazy guns that look like, you know, something out of a science fiction movie from, you know, the era. And nobody <laughs> comments at all on any of this stuff. It it kind of makes me laugh, but it also makes me scratch my head. And that's really something that's going to keep happening why is nobody doing anything with any of this Hydra tech at all? Like, it's so strange to me that they bring so much of it back to the camp and, and don't do a thing with it. Is that something that, uh, like, only I am paying attention to? Or is it something that uh, that other people have, like, is this something that you've, <laughs> like, looked at before? Like, why don't they, like, use these guns now when they're running on the field? I think it's such a nice moment for this period type movie that if it was a different movie or even still a Marvel movie, but with a different feeling to it i could totally imagine like when they're whooping it up and cheering for captain america like some people are shooting guns in the air and then one of the guys shoots one of the new guns in the air and then all of them back up like what was that and he's like oh yeah sorry that's like a thor movie yeah yeah just described a thor movie just just destroy all the trees around Oops. right, yeah. right. <laughs> like how would you be feeling if the credits were starting to roll right like it i don't think i i think that's what the thing about this minute is is that we are so distracted by the colonel getting his emotional comeuppance and turning and walking away and her wanna kiss but not gonna kiss moment like all of that is such a hand wavy like distraction to the fact that they brought all this hydra tech which which like obviously we have to think about at some level but they don't want us to think about it because this is a human moment it turns out and not a military moment and uh, so i think that's important yeah that's what it largely falls down to is that we're celebrating the people here we're not digging into the weapons we'll save that for the future minutes with surely howard stark will be involved in some capacity in those conversations surely 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 don't call me surely (laughs) All right. Uh, well, uh, let's wrap this minute up. We'll be back uh, tomorrow to talk about Minute 73. So, Jonathan and Tabitha, uh, where should people track you down and what you've been doing on the interwebs? Yeah, UHS62ND.com has all of our UHF stuff and extra silliness. If you go to the website, it doesn't show up anywhere else, I don't think. But if you go to the website, there's a Big Boy blog for anybody who's familiar with the Big Boy restaurants where oh, our right. local our local Big Boy had uh, had uh, like a Big Boy sign, you know, like the maquette of like a, a boy. Right. Yeah. And uh, the wind blew it over and it was all fell down and broke his crown kind of thing. And so that just started me off on all these pictures of Big Boys being in weird places or weird situations. And then that kind of ran dry. And then we had like a train derail here. So I was like, just making these weird articles that are not really like telling you what's actually happened, or where these things are for real necessarily. I just 
I don't know. It's like, it's that kind of stuff. That's why we didn't continue with the podcast at the moment, because they were just doing too much weird stuff. <laughs> weird stuff. <laughs> All the weird stuff out there. Yeah. Somebody's got yeah. That's awesome. Uh, all right. Well, we will be back tomorrow to talk about Minute 73. So thanks uh, to both of you. Thank you for having us. Thank you. And Pete, thanks as always. Faith, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Until next time, true believers. Marvel Movie Minute is a production of True Story FM. Engineering by Andy Nelson. This season's music is Spread the News by Anthony Vega. And this season's show art is by Winston Yabo. Find the show at truestory.fm. And if your podcast app allows ratings and reviews, consider doing that for this show. <laughs>